Apple skitty scap scoop tube scap deep dap doop dap. Thoughts for your thoughts. Here are some clips from today's episode. Ben, you and I could be hanging out for lunch and I could have just like almost gotten in three wrecks or something and I'm pissed about that. And then I come to sit down at lunch with you and you're like, what's your deal? But you don't say it out loud necessarily. Now you, you usually do, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. The way I'm wired, I'll be like, who, who pooped in your coffee? What's going <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. on? <laughs> um, it's like, okay, you said, how was your day? What I heard was I'm obligated to ask you how your day was. And if you don't answer me, I don't really care. So if LeBron has an off day, he's probably holding a grudge. I cringe so bad. I'm like, okay, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> and you know, that's one of those phrases that as soon as somebody says it, you're like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like your parents. Mr. Brown, and please come to the principal's office. Thanks for joining us on MVP the Micah and Ben podcast. This is a podcast made by average people for the average person where we discuss a variety of life's situations, all the situations, ins and outs. So much of what we see on social media and what people decide to show the world is a highlight of their lives and not the full story. This is translated to comparison, isolation, and depression. And something we've mentioned before is that kind of general stat. It's led to these things. So I did some research. And I wanted to have some facts for you. According to a study done at Columbia University, quote, depression increased significantly among persons in the U.S. from 2005 to 2015, from 6.6% to 7.3%. Notably, the rise was most rapid among those ages 12 to 17, increasing from 8.7% in, in 2005 to 12.7% in 2015. And... According to a study published in the Journal of Depression and Anxiety, a link was found between high usage of social media sites and increased depression. People who use social media, here it is, the most were 2.7 times more likely to be depressed than participants who use social media the least. That being said, we want to share the full story here and share not only our lessons learned, typically the hard way, but also our shortcomings. We talk about plenty of serious stuff, but we also prefer to talk in the not so serious. So join us as we chat and laugh and don't forget to subscribe as well as reach us, uh, reach out to us, sorry, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at actualmbp or email us at actualmbp at gmail.com. And I realize as I say that, we're asking you to connect with us on social media when I just got done connecting social media to depression. The point here is what we're trying to do is show the full story, and we want you to be a part of that. Uh, we want to make sure that what we're putting out there <clears throat> is not just the highlight reel, but it's just the real. I like that, just the real. So on the last episode, Michael, we talked about expectations versus assumptions. And that conversation was kind of centered around regulating expectations and assumptions and not getting rid of them altogether. So essentially, don't miss the forest for the trees, right? It's a really funny twist. And uh, Micah, you had a really specific example last week about Elizabeth not very shutting. Very specific. Very specific. And it was about <laughs> Elizabeth not shutting the drawers all the way. 
And we laughed and joked about it last week. But then the very next day, Micah woke yep. up and his bathroom drawer was left open. And later that evening, Elizabeth brought it up without any prompt. And Micah recorded the conversation. And we actually have that clip because it this was really good. funny. Listen to it here. <laughs> It's only going to bed. Okay, I need you. I need you to repeat everything you just said. Can you tell me why? And then I'll explain why. So on my way to take Lily to school this morning. Hold on, Alexa, pause. My way to take to take Lily to school this morning. Got about halfway there, and I was like, oh my gosh, I left Micah's drawer. Like partially open. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> like, and he's gonna what? <laughs> I was like, oh god! I don't know exactly why I did this because last night he needed the CBD gummy. I was like, yeah, I'll grab that, and I like barely tapped it in, and I was like, whatever. Like I'm too tired to feel. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> need to know <laughs> so <laughs> i'm crying I, right now <laughs> it's so funny because we literally talked about exactly that and then the next day and you you had even said something to the effect of like i know one of these days i'm just gonna get a text that just says drawer and we're gonna know what it means yep and not just one of these days the next day uh and then she, I just, I, I was crying laughing so hard when she brought it up. And I was like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know that we literally just talked about this. It's like I called it into existence. But uh, I, I definitely poked some fun at her. I was like, you said you were too tired to, you know, deal with this. Because pushing a drawer another inch or two is what, like, is really going to do it for you. But anyway, we had talked about all that just in the context of like, you know expectations that's one of the things that elizabeth and i choose to laugh about it's just a thing she does so if you didn't hear that full story go back to the previous episode and check it out today's episode will be the culmination of the past three episodes so just a little plug here if you haven't heard those three i highly suggest you pause here and go back and listen to those three because this will be tying up those three we discussed love buckets, the four batteries, aka how to communicate tiredness, and expectations versus assumptions. We basically gave our framework for having a smoother relationship, but that's an ideal and not always a reality. What happens when things break down? What do we do and how do we handle it? There are benefits of forgiveness, not just to relationships, but to your body. Don't know if you knew that. There is also such a thing as just being honest but with tact. So join us for the conversation. Today's episode is not necessarily brought to you by these two endorsements, but I want to give a shout out to our friends here in Austin, Texas, High Brew, currently drinking a Mexican vanilla High Brew. Mm. Um, it is my fuel to get going when you have two kids and you're trying to get a lot of stuff done. So if you're looking for a cold brew that is canned, you can take it with you, where you wherever you want to go. Uh, that doesn't cost a whole lot and does the job and tastes really great. Try some high brew. They also have some non-dairy options. Additionally, I want to give a special shout out to Barrett Raven, who I'm actually going to see today 
getting some coffee ironically mm. um <laughs> he's not only one of the top 50 realtors in austin texas but he's also one of my very closest friends he started as our realtor and has grown into one of my favorite human beings he's also a former teacher like me so he can put up with a lot if you're in the austin area and you're needing a realtor or just have questions Give his team a shout at Barrett Raven at RealtyAustin.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-R-A-V-E-N at RealtyAustin.com. Also, he has a YouTube channel. So if you look up Barrett Raven on YouTube, you will see a lot of his videos where he drops some knowledge bombs on you. And he shares some stories from his personal life about how his son had open heart surgery at only, um, I think, like a week old, mm. three weeks old, something Holy like cow. that. And That's nuts. Yeah, it was pretty bonkers. And I'm on one of those videos. Oh. So there you go. Well, we should yeah. definitely go and watch it now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Here's a disclaimer, guys. So on this episode today, we probably won't be as lighthearted as others simply because we're about to open ourselves up in a way that we haven't yet. So we really hope that this encourages you to do the same with those that you trust. And let's get into it. Here we go. I was bullied growing up. I've been choked. I've had rocks thrown at me. I've had my clothes put in a used toilet. I've been called many different names and things. I've been physically and emotionally attacked by friends. I've had friends even make, uh, this was rough. Uh, they made spring break plans my senior year, plans that I had thought of. And they intentionally didn't invite me or tell me what was happening for quite some time and uh i'm to this day i'm still uh friends with them and and i'll explain that in a second and one of them i think even listens to our podcast but there's you're about to find out there are no hard feelings here so i say all of that to say this i know pain caused by another person and these are just my experiences and i don't expect them to be the same as anyone else's but i want to give you all a framework to understand where i'm coming from when i say Forgiving others is one of the most freeing and healing things you can do. I could name each of the people that were involved in those events, but I won't because it doesn't bring healing. I've forgiven them and I've moved forward. Mm -hmm. But I want to be clear, pain leaves scars. And it's okay to acknowledge that pain or those scars. That's what I'm aiming to do by sharing these experiences. And through this episode, I want to hopefully give all of us some good ammo for how to navigate life when it does not going go according to plan. So with that personal side of things, I want to give you some facts to back it up. There was an Atlantic article published in 2015, a few years ago, that pointed to the benefits of forgiveness. One of which was, this is crazy, believe it or not, you can go check it out. I actually read about it. Increasing someone's vertical. So if you're like, oh man, I'm 5'10". Well, you're probably still not going to dunk um, on anybody, but, you know, it might help a little bit. In a group, those who, who had forgiven other people literally jumped seven centimeters higher on average than those that were harboring a grudge. Huh. Which is just weird to me. Um, and That's a they, strange stat. <laughs> yeah. And they, they basically went on to um, point out that when you hold a grudge, it messes with your psyche so much that it will physically weigh you down. Mm. Which for those of us that have ever worked out, if you think about when your mind is really in it, 
you can push through a lot and you can lift more. But if you're having a bad day, you'll find that you aren't able to lift as much. You get tired faster. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like a normal thing. I don't know. So if LeBron has an off day, he's probably holding a grudge. I don't know. I guess so. That might be it. Um, but the a 2005 study published in the Journal of Behavioral Medicine found, so they must know what they're talking about, found that participants who considered themselves more forgiving have better health across five measures. Physical symptoms, the number of medications used, hint, it went down, uh, sleep quality, fatigue, there's that fun word, and medical complaints. On the flip side, there's a marked difference, uh, an increase in anxiety, depression, and obviously stressed relationships just from not forgiving and holding a grudge. And I know it's really fun. It's it's like, that sounds twisted, but let's be honest for a second. It's really nice and it feels justified to hold a grudge against somebody. I'm like, well, no, that dude freaking hurt me. You know, like he said this and that and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I get it. I, I have told y'all some of my experiences. I get it. And it sometimes feels empowering. But over time, it rots you like it would, you know, think of like staph infection or rot in wood or something like that. It's going to eat you up from the inside out mm -hmm. and you're not going to be better for it. And it's and not I'm, necessarily immediate either. Sometimes it's something that... Oh, not that, at all. Yeah, you're, you, you're holding on to this set of emotions and that just... You spend so much of your time focused on whatever that is um, versus... Yep just getting through it and moving on with your day. Yeah. It's, uh, I think of Henry Ford's quote, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you are correct. And it's the idea of wherever your focus is, that's where your focus is going to be. Right. So if you're focused on the positives in life, you'll notice more positives in life. If you're focused on the negatives in life, you're going to notice more negatives in life. So Micah, let's, transition for a second here and let's go back to our first episode of the series when we discuss mm -hmm. love buckets and let's re-examine what happens when we don't communicate and we don't have a full bucket so for me i'm typically when i don't have a full bucket and i'm not communicating effectively i'm typically snappy or yes. even unintentional resentful of the other person from for needing so much from me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> you're a clinger, get off me. And Elizabeth's <laughs> like, you married me. And I'm like, dang it. You're right. Um, <laughs> you're in it for the long run. So it, it's yeah. the same with batteries. If we're drained or we have low or no patience, we tend to get selfish in a way that is like me saying back up. I need to regroup here. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest a full bucket is not the norm and full batteries is not the norm. No, you're, you're typically empty to some degree. It's it. What we're talking about is like when you're tanked and you're, you're out, like you have nothing left and you start behaving in a way that can be hurtful. Or if you're the person receiving that, you know, snappiness, which Ben and I have been around each other when we've been in bad moods. It's true. We mm -hmm. are not always the most peppy person. No, no. I, I, especially when I get tired or when there's plenty of other, for me, typically this sounds so immature and I'm going to just be very vulnerable. 
and I, I bet that I'm not the only person that's like this. For me, I tend to take out my irritation on the people that didn't cause it. Yeah. How stupid is that? And like, I don't think it's stupid. I think it's human. Well, like, when I say it out loud, yeah. it's like, what? What is wrong with you? Right. You know? But that that's like the i talked about like the proximity uh or uh the proximity rule where whoever's closest gets it first kind of right. thing and it's like ben you and i could be hanging out for lunch and i could have just like almost gotten in three wrecks or something and i'm pissed about that and then i come to sit down at lunch with you and you're like what's your deal but you don't say it out loud necessarily now you, you usually do but <laughs> yeah no that's what i mean the way i'm wired i'll be like who who pooped in your coffee like, what's going <laughs> yeah, exactly. on <laughs> um Willie, my dog did. Oh god. Uh, no, but just that's that's the thing is I, I usually pop on people that don't deserve it and I usually realize it pretty quick and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm a jerk. I'm the you same know? way. I've I've noticed as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better at identifying my negative behavior and owning up to uh, so here's the here's here's the real kicker, right? Owning up to it and then fixing it are two entirely different things, but I think that's a different conversation altogether. But if you're listening, um, this still listening, this may all make sense if you're the person we're talking about being tired or empty. But on the flip side of that, what happens if you're on the receiving end? So what if you're filled up and ready to go and then bam, you get your head bitten off? How do you handle that? So for me, in, in my relationship, Nikki, usually when she's had enough or she she's her batteries are empty, she's had a long day, she comes home, Nikki typically closes up. And so I know if she's empty, I know it pretty quick because she's normally bubbly and happy and wants to have conversation. And when she gets home, she wants to talk about her day. And if she comes home and it's a, Hey, and that's about it. <laughs> I know that like, okay, alert, alert, alert. <laughs> we need to, you know, I immediately, I recognize that. And I'm like, is there anything I can do for you? Uh, you know, it's, it's blatantly obvious that she is on empty. Where on the flip side of this, for me, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm typically the one that's on empty and I'm typically the snappy one, but that's something we're working on. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying with like she closes off I, i've got friends like that um i'm for myself i'm kind of one or the other depending on what's going on sometimes i come marching in like i'm going to take down the entire house uh and then other times i just i'm silent but yeah. i think that and just so we're clear this is not me trying to dishonor my wife or anything like that but she she gets in um a mode where she's almost like I don't know how to describe this, like a CEO trying to deal with a crisis out of business. And she just becomes very like, we're getting this done, this done, this done, this done. And she wears her emotions on her face. And for me, I'm just apparently a really sensitive guy. And so when I see that my wife's upset, if she has not told me that it's not my fault, I tend to think it's my fault. Mm. And uh, I then, you know, she could just say one thing like, how was your day? It's like, okay, you said, how was your day? What I heard was, I'm obligated to ask you how your day was. And if you don't answer me, I don't really care. And that's when I start to get bent out of shape. And it's like, she's 
something happened to, to drain her batteries and it wasn't me. So like, what's her deal? And I've had to learn over the course of marriage, like I really need to not take things so personally uh, because of what I just said, the whole rule of proximity, like it's probably not my fault, right? Whatever happened. And what's ironic about that is I actually know exactly when it is my fault because she's actually a lot more gentle and right. when she brings stuff up. Um, she's very kind, uh, when, when I've done something wrong and she usually gets really quiet and very complimentary, like, babe, I know you've been trying. I know that you've been stressed out and everything, but what you said the other day really hurt me. Mm. And it's like, Oh, it's that one little opening in my armor that she finds every time. And I'm like, God, it's like almost when something is brought to you with grace, it puts your heart in a different Oh, yeah, because you know me. If you came at me swinging, what am I going to do? Swing back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she knows she can't. She's not going to do that. That's not That's not even her personality. Right? right. That's my sister's personality. And that's why we butt heads all the time. But that's not my wife's personality. And I think that's a really good thing. But yeah, whenever she's empty, that's when um, things start to to change for us. And, and trying to respond to that is a little bit different. And that's kind of like that's kind of like what we talked about with the expectations versus assumptions. Um, that's where those come in because if I'm feeling fun and excited that things are going really well in life for the first time in a while and Oh my God, let's order pizza. Let's order pizza when things are good. Let's order it when they're bad. Um, and then Elizabeth walks through the door and that look on her face that she's just ticked. Like I said, <laughs> my immediate thought is, Oh crap. What did I forget or not do? And then like I said, here's the worst part. I just react based on her facial expression. I don't even know if it's about me or not, <laughs> but I'm the weird one over here. That's like, clearly this is 100% my fault. I guess I'm just like egotistical or something that it all revolves around me when it comes to my wife. And I know she's my wife, but no, that is not the case. So then I get defensive or even combative only to find out that it's something else completely unrelated to me that has happened. And even a couple weeks ago, Elizabeth was homesick, not with the coronavirus, some flu-like non-flu thing. And I can't tell you how many times, yes, many times I have seen her when she's sick. And I thought to myself, what the heck did I do? Only to find out that she is sick. And let me be clear, the fault is on me. It's not on her. I was choosing to lead with skepticism and defensiveness rather than love and compassion. And even as I say these words, folks, I am cringing. I'm literally getting tense in my seat right now because if I had even paused for a dang second, I would have stepped back and seen how backwards my thinking was. And to make things sink in more, what harm would have come from me just stepping into the situation and loving her even if I had done something wrong? And the answer is nothing. It would not have harmed anything. You don't, I, I'm sure there is some sort of example out there of, well, if I pushed in and started to love her more, she's going to start questioning everything. Whatever. I'm just saying for me, it would not have harmed anything to just push in and love her more. And then if I had done something wrong, like, let's be honest, that's some relational equity that you bring into that. And all of a sudden she's like, well, okay, here's what you did, but I appreciate you doing X, Y, and Z anyway. That right. sort of thing. All right. Something that we're having to learn consistently is that benefit of the doubt goes a long way not just in marriage but 
in other relationships as well. So like you were saying, Micah, if you had just chosen to step into that situation with love instead of defensiveness, things might have been different, right? So they might have gotten better faster. You, it, it could have diffused the whole situation. It's something that I feel we get so, I, I, I myself, I get so wrapped up in the moment and whatever, I'm so wrapped up in that moment and the, and the emotions are so high that taking a step back is really difficult. But if I were to take a step back, you know, things might be different. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, I, I've mentioned him before, uh, Jocko podcast. He talked about this. He's like, this applies to the battlefield where they talk about it quite a bit. Um, it also applies to relationships, whether that's in a personal intimate relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, whatever that is. Uh, I think it's called the OODA loop, OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, and act. And he talks about how you can't observe well if your head is down in the middle of it. So you mm -hmm. have to either mentally take a step back or quite literally physically take a step back. Right. Um, well, and if I, I think if a situation hits you and you choose to look at the silver lining or choose to find the light versus focusing on the negative of the, situ of the situation like if you are focusing on the negative of any situation you're going to find the negative in any situation but if your goal is yeah. to better this relationship better yourself you know it it, it changes the the lens i think will. there's a a foundational thing that, that you and i kind of just understand and we've i think we mentioned it one time but especially when you get married but also i would say it kind of applies to you know like for you and me we want to be friends and so because of that like that's the foundational thing that I'm, I'm not going anywhere outside of you trying to like beat one of my family members i'll, I'll just kill you but i know that's not going to happen so with that understanding of like we're going to be friends that then leads us to bring things up if they need to be brought up or celebrate things with each other or just be there for each other like yesterday when we were on the phone just being there for each other when we need it you know mm -hmm. and so when you bring things up giving that benefit of the doubt to the other person helps to nurture that relationship in the long run and it helps to kind of just sand down those those rough spots so even with giving the benefit of the doubt sometimes truth still needs to be spoken so that that kind of goes back to my story earlier. Acknowledging pain and scars is doable at the same time as me forgiving people. I can do both. Likewise, it's possible to speak truth into someone's life while doing it with love. There's a balance between the two. So how many times have we heard someone say, well, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just being honest. I cringe so bad. I'm like, okay, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> truth, right. everybody listen, please. Truth without love leads to pain. I, there are very few people that I know that if you were taught, like if you were close friends with them and you're speaking truth, I'm not talking about a random stranger. We tend to have quite a bit of thick skinness to towards a stranger, but I'm talking about, in a, a deep friendship or a deep 
romantic relationship, a marriage, if if you try to speak truth, just pure cut and dry, Ben, you're a little too hairy, you know, or something like it's just <laughs> that can be painful. Okay, so and I'm speaking from experience being on both sides. I was uh, born I, like this. Okay, leave me alone. Yeah, uh, even my my <laughs> sister texted me after we we went to New Braunfels and uh, saw the whole family for their spring break and that sort of thing. But um, she texted me afterwards and she she had said something to me that I kind of was like, okay, that kind of stung a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, it's whatever. It's my sister. I know she probably is just saying the first thing off the top of her head. And so she texted me and she said, this is literally about an hour after she had said it. Hey, I was just thinking, and um, I just realized what I said could have come across really mean and I'm sorry. And it, I was like, it kind of did. <laughs> it did kind of come across mean. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those moments where um, that truth, it was true, but it hurt. And I've been the one that's also said things. And I told her that I said, it seems like you and I are cut from the same cloth because I have foot and mouth syndrome as well. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is if you speak only in love without truth, it can lead to a very permissive or enabling relationship where you may be enabling the other person to continue on a path that could lead to self-harm or just lack of growth. Mm-hmm. Love without truth leads to stagnation and lack of growth. And if you put the two together, we have a unique and beautiful thing. Truth spoken in love leads to healing, to growth, and to better relationships. Perfect example here is a story that I want us to end on that actually involves Ben confronting me. Mm. So we... um. Ben, you and I have known each other since what, 2010, 11? I think it's 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Happy decaversary. Happy decade of friendship. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Yeah, Yeah. we uh, we started as servers at a restaurant, um, and then Ben was a server and a bartender. I just didn't care to learn all the mixings and drinks and stuff like that, but whatever. Um, and we've had a, a long history of friendship. There have been times where either of us, something has come up, but uh, I think weirdly enough in the last, what, four or five years, we've become a lot closer than we did the previous five. And I, I could tell that there was something weird between us, but I thought maybe it was just the fact that you live in Houston and I live in Austin. And um, anytime we'd get together, I would tend to, um, I would tend to in, intentionally be, uh, let's say, a little more truth and less love, because uh, I thought that was like your sense of humor or something. And I would just say things as as I thought them. And what I didn't realize I was doing was eroding our friendship and i say that i didn't realize this because just for those listening the the person that's doing the hurting may not even realize that they're hurting you and i've had people confront me and say after the fact like hey you were kind of a jerk and hey you said this and then you didn't follow through and that hurt me i had a 
former roommate just called me the other day and talked to me about something that had happened over a year ago, which is just crazy to me that I hurt him that long ago. And I had no idea. I literally had no idea. And I was like, Oh, I thought that this person told you what was going on. And I thought this is actually what happened. I am so sorry. So I literally had no idea. So I, I do feel terrible that I hurt somebody, but I didn't know. And in this case, Ben had been hurt by me. And uh, like I've kind of mentioned before, you know, yeah. And if we go get lunch, blah, blah, blah. Well, this time we were getting lunch and I, he had said he wanted to talk to me about something. And you know, that's one of those phrases that as soon as somebody says it, you're like, Oh great. What did I do? <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like your parents. Mr. Brown, when please you're come to the principal's office. That's, that's where the conversation started was we were sitting down at lunch and, Ben just said, it's been really hard to be friends with you for about the past year. And I was like, what? But then as you went on to like give very specific examples, which for the record, I don't take that as like, some people are like, love keeps no record of wrongs. I'm like, right. But if I don't know what I did, then how am I going to change it? Right. So, you can't, you can't work on uh, personality aspects if you don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I, hey, you said something to me that was really hurtful. What did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> like, that doesn't. Well, that thanks. Doesn't help that, yeah, exactly. we're, ex- we're in exactly the same place. <laughs> now I'm going to be really paranoid. Um, <laughs> right. But, right. Yeah. But you, you offered me very spe- uh, specific examples, you know, just me honestly disregarding what you needed in a moment. Um, you had lost your phone, and I was just like, no, I need to go home. And you're like, but my phone? like can we go back in the moment i i don't really know what i was thinking yeah what, but i was where being... your head was at i remember exactly where my head was at when that happened yeah yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. really really yeah. this guy i will pull this car over and drop you off right here <laughs> um, and it was but... i'll be honest with you so leading up to that conversation there was a lot more really anger with me like there was a lot more anger before there was grace and it took me being angry to get to grace and so this is the side that you actually don't know so you don't know kind of where i was at leading up to this and or maybe you do i don't know if we discussed it but you mentioned quite a bit you're like here's where i was and i this is why i couldn't bring it up to you yet because i needed to calm down right and so yeah so that's essentially you know to the people listening that didn't start with grace (laughs) it started with anger and it started with you know oh i don't deserve to be treated like this like what kind of kind of person thinks that they can do this like why would you it, it was it was i was angry and so with anger came just i was in my head thinking up all these scenarios that just weren't true um, it was it came from a place from you it was just you were operating in a certain way because you thought that i don't know like my personality something that, like i just that i i do appreciate honesty blunt honesty but there needs to be tacked with it and i think that you just completely shut the filter off when we were together and so yeah. that filter needs to stay on a little bit there needs to be a little bit of love um but no as they're going into that conversation though my point is it was there was a lot of anger up front and it turned into okay 
I need, I don't want to lose this relationship. I don't want to lose this friendship. So what do I need to do to, to get this out? And so I needed to take some time, calm down. And then when I finally got my head right is when I approached you about it. And the fact that how you responded really helped me to elaborate the information that I needed to elaborate on. Like it, I, it, instead of getting defensive, you were open to something that had hurt my feelings. And yeah. I think because you responded that way, because I'll be honest with you, the start of that conversation midway through could have gone a different direction based on how you reacted. Well, sure. Yeah, that's a lot of conversations. But and yeah. the fact that you were, okay, help me understand this it was like it, it was huge for me and it really brought me back down to a level to where like okay we're gonna get through this i'm not losing a friend you know i'm gonna yeah. try to help you understand and then we're gonna try to find the middle ground of what we can do to prevent this yeah and like i told you then it was for me it was it was such a, a shock to my system because i was like wait yeah ben always talks about not having a filter so i thought that's what like I thought that was his language. I, I find myself to be like a social chameleon. Whoever I'm around, I'll, I'll tend to kind of act like them or right. cater to them. Right. Um, but <clears throat> finding out that, oh, so he he didn't mean that. Um, yeah, uh, that's interesting. Okay, so I that's wow. Uh, well, Ben, actually, you're in, in my mind one of my like top friends. I mean, if not one of my best friends, so. I am so sorry. I day five to to me. Yeah, to me that was like what what I heard was that how I feel about our friendship and about you was not being communicated, and that's what broke me. I was like, wait, 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 wait. So you don't think that I value this friendship? No, I don't. Okay, well, clearly I've done something wrong to communicate that right. uh, incorrectly. So yeah, I definitely wanted to respond in a way that maintained the friendship but like we keep talking about y'all if ben hadn't said anything think about how that would have played out like over time that that would not we would not be here making this podcast for one and we wouldn't have the friendship that we wanted so i know some of you that are listening to this right now you're like yeah there is that one person that i just can't seem to to let it go really consider try to think of the positive silver lining here like yeah you may lose the friendship okay but how good is the friendship right now what you do have it's probably not ideal so you may as well try say something bring it up with grace and love and then see where things go yeah the uh, something that i was always taught growing up that something my mom said that just resonates with me is uh do unto others as you would have them do unto you and i know that everybody's heard that before but it's kind of a thing for me where it, if i'm operating in a way that's if i'm giving grace and i'm forgiving people or giving people the benefit of the doubt hold on to the grace hold on to the love even if they don't expect it even if they don't deserve it maintain the course that you're on because at the end of the day your heart will be in the right place because you did the right thing yep 
I agree with that. So now that we've talked about all this, we've kind of wrapped up our series here, the four-part mini-series. Our next episode is going to be kind of a pause, uh, and we're going to go back to why the podcast? What made us even start doing this craziness? We're going to talk about the influences, uh, both people and experiences, that brought us to uh, being the voices in your head or ears right now. Or in your car, wherever you are. Be in sure to check it out. In the shower. You know, I do listen to music while I'm taking a shower, so maybe you listen to a podcast. I, don't I, know. I, I listen to podcasts on the toilet. The, mm-hmm. Speaking of being real, uh, maybe you have something that has been on your mind or heart for a while, and now is the best time to do it. That's how this whole thing came about. Uh, about. And now that you know the story between Ben and me and just the conversation that happened, uh, that happened what like a month before we decided we wanted to do a podcast yes month month a month or two somewhere in that time range yeah yeah so you guys are living the experience of forgiveness and grace and truth and love all with us at this moment bam so as always be sure to connect with us this podcast is for you so we want to hear from you what kind of impact has this relationship miniseries had on you um, we want to hear from you. We haven't uh, we haven't really gotten anything from anybody yet, so please love us. Yeah. <laughs> but hit us up on the interwebs via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at actualmbp or email us at actualmbp at gmail.com. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you guys. So be sure to subscribe. Until next time, go out, be bold, be strong, make a difference. Late. <laughs>